We are studying the book of Jonah, and we're trying to make application to the book of Jonah. Jonah applied. It's only four chapters. Uh, you'll see those four chapters here in just a moment, but uh, here are the five questions that if you're studying on your own or part of the School of Biblical Studies, you can look up those passages and, and know the answers or just pay attention here for the next few minutes as we run through this in a sermon kind of a, uh, of a genre, trying to make application to our own personal lives. As I told you, there are actually four chapters to the book of Jonah, all of which kind of wrap themselves around the journey of Jonah. Jonah runs from God, runs to God, runs with God, and runs ahead of God. And this morning, we're into chapter 2. Last time, we looked at the idea of him running away from God, goes to Joppa, gets on a ship, big storm, thrown overboard, three nights and three days in the belly of the fish, etc. Okay. Well, in chapter 2, we're going to see the prayer of Jonah, or the account that Jonah presents with regards to his return, his repentance to God. Jonah runs to God. Jonah applied. Here's your little picture to help you remember the theme of the chapter. Jonah runs to God. I want to talk about repentance, and there's actually going to be four, four points. <laughs> I almost always have three points. If I go beyond three points, I try to have five points. But we're going to have four, <laughs> because that's what the Holy Spirit gives us in this particular passage. With regards to true repentance, what does true repentance, true repentance look like? Now, before I get into the lesson too deep, I want to suggest to you that repentance is truly the lifestyle of the Christian. Ongoing repentance. You don't believe that? Read 1 John chapter 1, walking in the light. Read that context. 1 John, there's only 10 verses in the first chapter. 1 John chapter 1, read that context, and it's going to tell you that repentance, acknowledgement of sin, staying in the light. We've got to be people who are Living the process of repentance, 24-7, I'm constantly looking at my life and asking, what do I need to change? Okay? All right, that being said, then you could really make the point that repentance is among the greatest of Christian virtues. It's what we are known for. People who are constantly trying to grow up, holiness, sanctification, maintaining our faith, all of those kind of things. All right? So knowing that, then, come to our text in chapter 2 of the book of Jonah, and notice what's going to happen here. Verse 1, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. The belly of Sheol. Uh, the word Sheol is a Hebrew term that it references the place of the dead. And so Jonah at this particular point is in the belly of the fish, but he, he feels like he's next to death. He's on the journey toward death. It's over. I'm done. And so he's going to cry out to the Lord in that distressed situation. If you're going to mark true repentance, you'll notice that true repentance has a desperate mode to it. It's one of the reasons I struggle with some of those who come to the Lord in their supposed conversion experience. And it's less of a desper desperation for forgiveness and more of a celebration that they've already been forgiven. Uh, the idea that if I, uh, you know, I, I sometimes some months earlier I bowed my head and said the sinner's prayer, but today I'm going to get baptized because I want to show the world what I have done. There, there's no desperation in that. 
even many times back prior to that when they claim to have had a salvation experience through the saying of the sinner's prayer, even then there's oftentimes not a desperation. Sometimes there is, but a lot. If you read Acts chapter 9 and then Paul retells it in Acts 22, especially verse 16, Acts 22, 16, you find that there's a real desperation there of, of Paul. He was originally called Saul. But he's going to cry out to the Lord. It's going to arise and be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. That's what baptism is. Baptism is the desperate, the desperation of our situation. And so not unlike Jonah, who's really baptized in the sea, and in that baptism, there's a desperate call out for God, so it is with you and I in our baptism. True repentance is always going to have, as part of it, some level of desperation. I should not have done that. Oh, I feel lousy. I'm humiliated. All of those kind of things. If we do not have that, I'm not sure you can say that you have true repentance. Number two, it's also true repentance. It's also going to be marked by isolation. Notice as we continue on down here, for you've cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, the flood surrounded me, all the waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. See the, see the isolation there? I, mean, I can't think of a, a worse place to be than in the belly of a fish at the bottom of the sea. And knowing that you know, you're here because God put you there by way of punishment. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's not only a desperate moment, it's an, it's an isolated moment, is it not? And then you come down later on, verse 5, I find this to be kind of creepy. The waters closed in over me, taking my life, uh, the deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. So you got this a whole, you know, being encased. And imagine what the belly of the fish would have smelled like. How does he breathe down there? I don't know. Uh, was he gasping for air for three days, you know, etc.? And then you, you got the seaweeding all over him. It's, it, this would have been a very gross, isolated spot for him to be. When we come to true repentance, there will be a loneliness. There will be a, man, I, I messed up, and I, and I have caused the separation between me and loved ones, me and God, there's going to be an isolation. And if you don't feel that, you got to wonder if this is, is, well, let me go here. You know how some people are not really sorry. They're just sorry they got caught. Well, that's, this, this test right here will help you to understand whether or not your repentance is legit. Is this really a legitimate time of me turning my life around? Or am I just sorry that I got caught? Well, if you're desperate and you're isolated, and you're number three, you're going to find out, with regards to inspiration, true repentance, you're going to begin to mark whether or not this is just a moment of me being sorry I got caught, or a moment of real change in my life. Weeds wrapped around his head, and it says, When my life was fainting away, I remember the Lord. Again, that was a desperate moment there. His life is fainting away. He just feel like, I can't live. I'm not going to live much longer. He's isolated. But he's also inspired. This phraseology, it, it, it represents an inspiration of conditions. or An inspiration, he, he acknowledged where he was at. I, I, it's sad, but some of the greatest evangelistic work is accomplished in a hospital. Because that's when you're really considering your mortality. The fact that you're able to get out and work and go and, and keep that 
that breakneck schedule all day long, except for 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, whatever it may be, that kind of rush, the devil keeps you in that kind of rush so you're not thinking about your mortality. But when you get to the hospital and you're laying there in bed for hours by yourself, it's, you begin to think about, I'm going to die. One of these days, I will die. Well, Jonah is at that point, and he's inspired. We always use inspiration as kind of a positive. And I guess it is here a positive, but it kind of comes from a negative angle. He's inspired by his own potential death. And then he says, i got to do something about this. I've got to make this right. And so we see this whole repentance thing happening. Now, really, if you want to capsulize, encapsulize the, the repentance of Jonah, you're going to find it down here in the last part of verse 7. My life's fading away, remember the Lord. And my prayer came to you. What's he saying? i got to be honest with you. When you study the book of Jonah, I don't know whether his repentance was as true as the repentance you need to have. As you study chapters 3 and chapter 4, you're going to find out that uh, in, in chapter 3, uh, well, I, I don't want to give that stuff away, but you're, you're going to find out basically that he, he's not going to really fully understand or appreciate the journey he had in the belly of the fish. You'd have thought that by that time, He'd have said, I'm submitting to God. It doesn't, I don't care what he tells me. He tells me to jump off his roof. I'm jumping off the roof. But he goes to, to Nineveh, and he's going to preach a really, 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 really short, and it seemed lesson, really, really short sermon, and it seems that it doesn't have much conviction to it at all. And so, I, honestly, I don't know. These are the steps to true repentance, but I'm not sure that Jonah exercised them as well as he should have, or maybe the point is that, you need to recognize that a repentance mode can quickly change. You see this in the, in the book of Judges, how that they repented, came back to God, but just within one generation, they're quickly getting full of themselves, and they go off into idolatry, and God has to send them away into slavery again. Repentance is something you've got to work on. It's something that doesn't hold unless you are focused upon it. And I think that this is a definite journey of Jonah into repentance, but it doesn't seem to hold as you're going to get into chapters 3 and 4. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit more uh, as, as the lessons play out. But number four with regards to true repentance, it also is going to re it's going to bring about emancipation, being freed, freed from something. Perhaps you remember the day that you came to the Lord and uh, you confessed your sins and you were baptized into Jesus according to Romans 6, 3 and 4. He circumcised your heart of that sin, according to Colossians chapter 2. Maybe you remember that day, and you remember how good you feel. You felt. I do. I remember the day I was baptized, came up from the water, and I thought to myself, I am sinless. I mean, it was just like such a, a great revelation and emancipation, which is our word, a freedom that came about. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Now, that's kind of a gross emancipation, but you know that Jonah was thrilled to get out of the belly. And you also know that when he gets out of the belly, that one of the things he's going to do as he gasps for air, and he's finally free, and he can see the sun, and you know, all the, one of the things he's finally about to come to, we know this from the next chapter, he's going to get after the business of doing God's will. He's going to do what God intended for him to do back there in chapter 1. So, in chapter 3, just spoiler alert, I'm trying not to say it, but in chapter 3, we're going to run with God. 
He's actually going to do the will of God. So the only chapter really that is what Jonah is supposed to be doing is chapter 3. I guess he's supposed to be doing chapter 2 as well if you, if you run into sin, but it's unfortunately he had to do that. We should have started in chapter 3 and, and, chap and should have ended in chapter 3. Because when you get to chapter 4, he's not going to be doing the will of God no more. But my point is from all of this that this is the journey of repentance. But it doesn't hold if you don't focus on it. The desperation, as quick as you're able to gasp air and feel good about yourself again, the desperation is gone. The isolation, as quick as you're forgiven and people draw you back into your into their circle, the, the isolation is gone. The inspiration, as quick as you uh, come into that moment of mortality, you recognize your mortality, but then you get back into the rat race of life, the inspiration is gone. The emancipation is underappreciated because even though you have been freed, you have lost your focus. And so even though this is a journey towards true repentance, it's got to be focused on in order for you to hold it. That's why Calvinism is such a damnable doctrine, because it, it completely removes responsibility from you and I. Jonah had the responsibility to move through all of these things and hold on. You've got the responsibility to move through all of these things and hold on. 1 John chapter 1, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. You gotta walk, and you gotta stay in the light. And that requires turning around whenever you get off into the darkness. Move back into the light. You are responsible. You cannot save yourself, but you can ask the Savior to save you. And so this is the journey towards repentance, the true journey. But know that even if you come through all four of these, if you're not continually focused upon them, you're likely to move away from them and lose the repentance mode. All right, here are the five questions that I tried to cover in that lesson. If you screenshot them at the opening, you don't have to screenshot them at the conclusion, but there they are. You got them? All right.